Welcome. This is Better Edge, a Northwestern Medicine podcast for physicians. I'm Melanie Cole, and today we're discussing the Transitional Urology Program at Northwestern Medicine. Joining me in this panel are Dr. Stephanie Kilb. She's the Chief of Reconstruction and Neurourology and a Professor of Urology, Medical Education, and Obstetrics and Gynecology at Northwestern Medicine. And Dr. Diana Bowen. She's an Assistant Professor of Urology at Northwestern Medicine. Doctors, thank you so much for joining us today. I'd like you both to describe your background and training in this field for us, and why is this training important when caring for these patients? Dr. Bowen, why don't you start for us? My background in urology really actually starts at Michigan. Stephanie might actually talk about that too, but um, we have roots there. And that was where I was first exposed to patients from the kind of complex care population that we're going to talk about, spina bifida patients and others. And I, as a medical student, um, really learned to kind of love um, the reconstructive aspect um, of their care and also just taking care of their medical problems as well. And then I went on to Northwestern and trained there as a resident and went on to Philadelphia and did a pediatrics fellowship. Um, And when I was presented with the opportunity to come back to Northwestern, it was really exciting because it was to take care of these patients that I'd first, you know, seen and and met um, over a decade before. And I think the training that both Northwestern and the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia gave me in complex reconstruction and management of patients who just have a lot going on urologically made this an ideal job. And of course, the opportunity to collaborate with Stephanie, who had trained me back in residency, was also um, too hard to pass up. So that's my background, and um, I just feel really fortunate to be able to take care of such a wonderful and heterogeneous population of patients that really need care and um, can't often get the care they need. Thank you, Dr. Bowen. I appreciate that shout out. So I initially trained in urology at the University of Michigan. And while I was there, I worked with a a very famous urologist named Ed McGuire, um, who was kind of one of the leaders of uh, kind of neurourology, which is kind of the the lead part of of what we're doing, talking about these patients. And we took care of a lot of patients with these congenital conditions that, you know, uh, patients were born with as they kind of grew through uh, pediatrics and then into, into adulthood. And so as a urologist by background, I also have a subspecialty certification in what's called female pelvic medicine and reconstructive surgery, uh, which also involves managing patients with um, not only um, urinary continence issues, but um, pelvic organ prolapse, which is actually something that affects a lot of these uh, patients into adulthood, the, the female patients into adulthood. I think it's really important from a training standpoint that these patients are cared for by urologists as kind of a leader in these sorts of clinics. And the main reason is because many of these patients have very complex conditions and the bladder function and bladder management is key to preserving renal function in these patients. And both Dr. Bowen and I um, have a background in managing and evaluating this and as well as managing their reconstructions, their complex reconstructions involving bowel, involving catheterizable channels that really no one other than a urologist is capable of managing. You know, in addition with Dr. Bowen's pediatric training and my training in female pelvic medicine, we can pretty much manage many, many of their conditions, including prolapse issues, reproductive issues, and urinary issues, and also help bring a team together to manage other issues such as bowel issues and things like that. 
Well, thank you both. And Dr. Bowen, why is transitioning pediatric patients with chronic and congenital conditions to adult care been a challenge in the past? What have been some of the barriers that you've seen? Yeah, so, you know, transitional care has really only come to the forefront in the last, I would say, two decades. And before that, there were really there was really no thought to how to effectively transition these patients. And so we're really kind of playing catch up. There are a lot of barriers, unfortunately. Um, you know, if we think about the primary goal of transition is to provide uninterrupted care for patients as they transfer their care to an adult setting, seems like a simple concept, but there are a lot of obstacles these patients face, not only just the physical location being different, but, you know, first think about how heterogeneous these patients are we care for. So Stephanie mentioned you know, a lot of them, it leads to a bladder that we need to manage to make sure the kidneys are protected. Well, that comes from a lot of different areas, and these patients may need to see neurosurgery, may need to see nephrology, and they may have had a full team in their pediatric setting, but often that adult care is lacking and having all of the different components that they had in their pediatric care. So that's just one issue. Um, you know, insurance may be a hurdle. Historically, children specifically with congenital urologic defects, have had access to comprehensive care, but that same access hasn't been there for adults with the same conditions. And I think we're making strides there, but there's um, still a remarkably high rate of adults who fail to kind of go through this transition period. There's no question that social work support and care coordination to help patients navigate the complex health care system is really important, um, and that lines of communication stay open between pediatrics and adults. So I think that's one of the barriers and one of the nice things about our program is that by pairing a pediatric and an adult urologist, and I still have my foot in the door at the children's hospital, we're really keeping that communication open and hoping that patients don't fall through these cracks that they have been previously. Yeah, in addition, I think their studies have shown that um, one of the barriers that patients note is there just aren't a lot of adult providers that are that are capable and willing to take care of these very complicated patients. So that's why having our clinic and having it available is so important so the patients can find the care that they need in this sort of situation. Well, it certainly is a very comprehensive approach that's needed. So Dr. Kilb, If you were recommending to other providers that are considering creating a successful transition experience and monitoring adults with these conditions, how would you tell them to serve these populations most effectively? For example, the optimal transitional age or essential services and treatment availability that you would want them to have? Well, I think the the optimal age is going to vary um, by patient. You know, the important thing about transition and the things that we know about transition is that the worst time to transition a patient is during an acute um, problematic episode, some urgent situation, which unfortunately may be what happens if the patients have kind of aged out of a pediatric hospital and end up in an adult emergency room. So I think preparation is very key, talking to the patients and their families, usually starting somewhere around age 12. And this is going to be a slow introduction and introducing them to the care providers that will be taking care of them on the adult side. We don't want to rush patients. We want to make sure they understand the reasons for this. Um, And most patients will transition somewhere between age 18 and 24, um, depending again on the patient and on the family situation. So it's, it's just very important that the patients are prepared for this and they're not feeling like they're 
they're being pushed out of a clinic or dumped somewhere. But it's also incredibly important that the patients also get a lot of their own um, records so that they have them. Because, you know, being with Dr. Bowen and Lurie Children's, we can talk back and forth. But if the patient's coming, for instance, from the Shriners Hospital, I don't have access to any of the records. So if the patients and their families can get copies of particularly things like their, their operative reports and imaging studies, and the more information that they have when they come to our clinic or send to our clinic, the better we can care for them, the better we can know what happened in the past um, so we're prepared to take care of them going forward. I think if outside providers want to continue to care for these patients, I think it's important that they have a good knowledge of all the complex issues that the patients can experience. And oftentimes, I'll partner with other adult providers, particularly if the patients live many hours away, but I will be a resource for them. I will see the patients regularly, um, but maybe when there's acute issues, some providers um, out in the community that are hours away can help to manage and, and, and can contact myself or Dr. Bowen if they have questions or concerns. I mean, we want to be involved in their care, but we understand coming all the way to Northwestern sometimes isn't ideal, um, but we do partner with a lot of um, urologists in the community to kind of really try and care for these patients as best as possible. Yeah, and, and just to add to that, I think like as Stephanie was saying, we want them to be ready to commit to self-management before their transition, and so that's something that we're trying to do on the pediatric side understanding that success depends on their readiness. So instituting things in your clinic like questionnaires, patient-reported outcomes, readiness for self-management can really help you individualize what patient can go to an adult hospital at age 18 versus 20 or, and so on. And so I think that's an important thing that we really are starting to um, turn the page on is understanding from the patient perspective where they are. Good points all. Doctors, Dr. Kilb, you recently published a study that summarized perceptions and best practices for the care of adult spina bifida patients. Please give us a brief overview of your research and share your findings if you would. Yeah, I think that this this area of, of study is, is very interesting. I mean, we, we have ongoing studies um, evaluating um, adult spina bifida patients and some other um, um, conditions as well. You know, I think that the important thing is that they have um, regular follow-up with um, with the urologist that's knowledgeable, they're knowledgeable of their condition. Um, they do need to have um, regular imaging. Um, they do need to have regular lab work, and we do have to monitor their kidney function. Um, it's very important to recognize the types of needs that these patients have. In fact, you know, our study showed that the most common type of procedure our adult spina bifida patients will undergo is a stone procedure, um, which, you know, urologists obviously are are qualified to manage. Um, but the other procedures we see in the adult population are, are incontinence procedures. So some of the things that become very important in, as in, in, the, in the adult world, um, like maintaining continence, um, may have been um, less focused on in pediatrics, but when they get into the adult world, it's very important for them for their work standpoint, a school standpoint. Um, and so we, we do uh, manage those patients and offer them different things that may help them um, um, become continent if that's one of their goals. Um, so there's a lot of research going on. Um, we also looked at um, the incidence of, of pelvic organ prolapse in the adult spina bifida population and found it significantly higher in this population at a younger age. And in pa patients that are nulliparous, um, they can have very advanced prolapse uh, compared to the general population where you really don't see advanced prolapse in nulliparous patients um, in general. 
Dr. Bowen, tell us a little bit about Northwestern Medicine's adult multidisciplinary transitional urology program. Why is what you do so important? And what are you doing at Northwestern that's really unique? Tell us about this multidisciplinary approach. We've mentioned it a few times in this podcast, but reiterate it for us. Tell us who's involved. So I think, you know, we've teamed up to kind of create a space for these patients where there hasn't been one before and probably has been overlooked in our specialty um, and other specialties. And so uh, Stephanie, you know, has provided care for a long time for these, uh, these patients. What we've tried to do is kind of shore up the front end with the pediatric transition by myself being in the clinic and understanding some of the complex surgeries that we may do and issues. And then we've said, okay, we need a whole umbrella of folks to help take care of all of the multiple issues that these patients have from renal dysfunction, from neurosurgical concerns, from GI concerns. And, you know, you have to be passionate about this to be part of our clinic. And so we found a lot of passionate people to be engaged. You know, it's it's a unique partnership that Dr. Caleb and I have. There are not too many clinics where you are able to commit a pediatric and adult urologist together in the same space. Um, but I think that shows, you know, Northwestern and Lurie Children's resolve to help this patient population. Care for congenital conditions is tricky, and so it requires an adult skill set and uh, knowledge of congenital conditions and a pediatric skill set. And so I think that really sets us apart um, in our commitment to these patients. And our team includes uh, several colorectal uh, surgeons and physicians as well, uh, a nephrologist. Um, we have a physiatrist, which is a physical medicine and rehab physician. We have a plastic surgeon. Uh, we have a gynecologist committed to these patients. So it's a really multi-specialty team with excellent knowledge of a variety of conditions to really help us optimize their care. Dr. Kilb, as we wrap up, what's next when it comes to this area of study? What would you like other providers to know about your research or referring patients to you? Give us a nice wrap up. So I think the important thing about these patients is that I think that these patients are there and, and we know that there's many of them out there who haven't found us yet that ha are struggling to find providers that are knowledgeable and able and willing to care for them. So it's really important that um, if these patients are, are in their clinics or in their uh, population that, that they're aware that this clinic exists and it is available for these patients. We are really a patient-focused clinic, so the research that we're doing um, at this point, like as Dr. Bowen mentioned earlier, is looking at sort of the patient perspective. What do the patients want? What do the patients need? We want to have, we're going to have a um, sort of a peer-to-peer -peer meet of a lot of these patients to really gather from the patients how we can better care for them, because the truth is nobody really knows for sure. These clinics didn't exist in the past. Um, many of these conditions, patients didn't make it into adulthood in the past. So this is kind of a new area of study. It's an exciting area of study. It's a very complex group, um, but a group of patients that are incredibly thankful and uh, incredibly uh, welcoming to someone that's very knowledgeable about their condition because many of them have been struggling to find adult providers. So um, our clinic, we want to make it easy for patients to get to. We have a direct phone number. I'm happy to take calls. I mean, I'm happy to assist. So we, we want to we make this clinic available to as many patients as, as need us. 
Thank you so much, doctors, for joining us today and sharing your incredible expertise. What a great topic and a great program that you have at Northwestern Medicine. And that concludes this episode of Better Edge, a Northwestern Medicine podcast for physicians. To refer your patient or for more information on the latest advances in medicine, please visit our website at nm.org to get connected with one of our providers. Please also remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and all the other Northwestern Medicine podcasts. For more health tips and updates, please follow us on your social channels. I'm Melanie Cole.